Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. We are back with another episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. Once again, I am Erica L. Ayala, joined with joined by Brian Floriton in Barclays once again. Who do we have behind you today, Brian? Today we have Paul McCartney in the house with us. Very, I like him. Like last oh, let's week was go. Jagger, this week Paul McCartney. We are definitely going to do a tour of the seventies before this is all over. I love it. I love it. And to quote one of my favorite movies set in Brooklyn, I'm going to remix it a little. They ain't got no sisters on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> there is. I'm going to save her for the. I'm going to save her for the summertime. I have a. Okay. I have a. I'm looking at her right now. I'm going to save her for for next time I come on. All right, Easter eggs, you got to be looking for it if you are watching on YouTube. But thanks also for those listening to Got to Get Up Again, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. And Brian, New York Liberty fans were treated to three games uh, this week. And we have another three game week coming up that we'll get into later on the show. But let's talk about this. So it was a homecoming for two players coming right off the heels of John Quell Jones going up against her former uh, squad. But we had Courtney Vandersloot in Chicago. Also before that, Brianna Stewart in Seattle. Now this is how the games worked out in Seattle at Climate Pledge Arena. The New York Liberty got an 86-78 win over the Storm, a team that has been struggling out the gate this year. Then a close Game in Chicago, 77-76, the Liberty victorious on the road. And then just today on Sunday, as we are recording, the Chicago Sky come to Barclays and they get the 86-82 win. Now we're going to break down especially the Chicago series, but overall, what were your impressions? Who were your key performers from the three-game slate? Throughout the week, I would say that it's just a lot of the team sort of finding its rhythm. And now that Maureen is back, which we'll get to in a little bit, they have the entire complement of players. So now it's just that it's sort of like more, it's more like an extended camp in a sense where it's like, okay, we have to, we have to integrate one more person, break the two rotations a little bit, make it a little bit more different to account for Marine and sort of develop that rhythm all over again. So I think that if we had to pick a word for this week, it's just like words, it will be rhythm and experimentation. Like we started to see what the group looked like when everything was going completely right. And then we also saw what happens when they go, when they sort of go against their principles and what their process is, you sort of see how it looks and, and how it, and how it will go really badly. So I think that this, this entire week was an opportunity for them to sort of learn and sort of see if they can apply what they've learned into action going forward. Yeah, I agree with that. And you brought up the word rhythm. And that is something that's going to be pretty much a theme of this episode of Gotta Get Up. Because again, we have some games to talk about. We have Maureen Johannes to talk about and how she um, impacted the rhythm of the New York Liberty. But I, there's two players that I, well, three 
that I want to focus on. And the first is Benajelani. Now, Benajelani, in particular, in that first game against Chicago, she dropped 17 points. That's above her average. She, well, going into Sunday's game, I should say, she was averaging eight points. She had 17 against the Chicago Sky in that midweek game to give them, again, the 77-76 win. But on the other side of that, a lot of people also talking about Sabrina Ionescu, who only had five points in 25 minutes in the game at Chicago, where she averages 13 and six rebounds. First, let's start with Lainey. Your thoughts about Benaja in Chicago and how she was able to help the Liberty get that win. Yeah, I thought Friday she was phenomenal. Um, the, beyond the 17 points, I thought the defense she played on Mabry really stood out. Like she really was in her in her jersey from the beginning of the game onward. Like she forced her into a bunch of turnovers. There was one where she drew an offensive charge where Mabry just just pushed her off, and it's like okay, B's really into her and really getting into her into her chest. And I thought that she was really fantastic defending Mabry on Friday night and on Tuesday in Seattle. She had the primary assignment of Jewel Boyd and. Sandy mentioned it was like, you can only stop someone so much and especially a great player like Lloyd, but Laney really made it difficult. She forced her into some, into, into, into some tough shots, got a jump ball out of her when she sort of hounded her like right in the, right in the wing. So I thought that her game started the week was really solid. And I think especially Laney is someone that I think the team can always count on to give good effort and make smart, heady plays. So I think it's something where as they sort of figure out the sort of proper rhythm on offense, Laney's defense is always going to be something you can sort of like check off as you're going into the game. So that part, I think, is going to be always solid for her. And I love that you mentioned defense because I do think that was the story of the home and home series between the Chicago Sky. And I do think defensively, the Chicago Sky, to your point about Jewel Lloyd, you can only stop, you know, someone or a team that has multiple people so much. But it did seem like Chicago defensively wanted to eliminate Sabrina Ionescu, not just as a scorer, but also in some ways as a facilitator in the home and home series. Yeah, one thing that New York was able to sort of like diagnose and figure out in the second half of Friday's game and the first half of Sunday's game was just being able to sort of like handle their switching, keeping the ball moving, making sure that if Chicago's showing a little bit of extra help, you can make the right skip pass into the corner and really do things well that way. So I think that for Sabrina, I think it's a lot of, I'd say it's a lot of transition for her this season because the first two years and then in the two games she played in 2020 she really sort of like ran the offense and had the ball in her hands a lot and now we're in a situation where it's i think we talked about it last week where everyone just naturally slides down a roll and i think that sabrina slid down a roll of offense but how her offense is is being sort of like featured and facilitated is a lot different than what we're used to seeing from her. So I think that it's a natural transition for her to sort of get comfortable in that aspect as well, too. I'm glad that you mentioned that and re-emphasize that because you're absolutely right. We talked about that. And I know that it's kind of easy, similarly to how it's easy to call this a super team. I think it is easy to see Sabrina Ionescu, who it's been arguably her team the last handful of years. So I'd say it's a one-two punch with her and Benajelani the last few years. But 
when you see teams being able to, to shut her down, I think that speaks to one with them able to win that game in Chicago, the different aspects that they can deploy offensively and defensively, but also that, yes, Sabrina is going to have to reinvent her game in some ways. She's not a rookie. Um, and she doesn't necessarily have to be that player for them. Now, the reason I've always wanted to see Sabrina Ionescu, especially as early in her career as possible, play with a veteran guard is because Sabrina Ionescu is going to get this type of coverage. And these are going to be irritations for any team that she's on for the rest of her WNBA career. And so she's going to have to learn to play within a system. And I think when you talk about rhythm, that is definitely something that the New York Liberty is going to have to figure out. But Brian, I want to go again to some of the advanced analytics. This episode of Gotta Get Up is brought to you by our new sponsor, the Bounceless Control Sports Bra. No more sacrificing your form to control the bounce. No more feeling embarrassed because your breasts want to work out on their own. No more doubling or tripling to make it through workouts. Now, one sports bra gives you the support you need. And our listeners and viewers over on Black Rosie Media will get 15% off their first order by using code B. RM, which of course stands for Black Rosie Media. So head to bounceless.com to get your bounceless control sports bra and get back to your active life. Just for a minute, because rhythm was key. First, let's take a look at this is going to be the 77 76 win for the New York Liberty. And you see the blips where the uh, Seafoam or teal or patina, depending on how you want to call it. Oh, patina, great. That's, 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 I like that. Patina is the real color. Some of y'all, I'm just putting it out there. But anyway, that may be a conversation for another day. But we, we see the bars of patina early in the game and then late in the game. And this is something when you talk about rhythm, when we talk about consistency and building chemistry, the New York Liberty have been inconsistent and we heard it again today that they are still working to play up to what is a 40 minute game so i wanted to show you know i always love to show the game charts we have these advanced analytics we might as well use them but let's talk a little bit about that brian about the fact that the new york liberty are still building a complete 40. Yeah, I think that for the Liberty, something Sandy's been talking about a lot is just sort of like, just sort of putting the entire complete game together. Like you see it in flashes and when it's going well, they look outstanding. Like in the first half, they 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 ran the sky out the gym. Like every, off of every missed basket, they were they were fully out, out, out in transition, pushing the pace as much as they could. And even today, some, Brianna hit a hit Marine on some deep passes, and then when they got out in transition, you know, Laney to I think it was I think it was to Brianna behind the back. You just sort of saw what happens when they push the tempo, get out in transition, keep the defense on their heels, and get those baskets in that way. And it's something that when they're going well, it's something that they, that they can continue to do, and it's something that they emphasize. Um, yeah, I think it, it was in one of the games this week. Cindy mentioned that they're not 
where they want to be in terms of pace and possessions per game. So I think it's something where I think if they're going to look at, if they're going to sort of try to take something away from these past couple games is that when we push the ball, we're unstoppable. We're unguardable. There's yes. too much options for us. There, there are too many options for the defense to account for, and you're always going to get something good if you push the advantage. So I think that's going to be something that they sort of like drill into heading into the next upcoming slate of games. And I just want to show this again because we see yet again that the New York Liberty, the, if they wanted a complete game, if we look just at this tracker, a lead tracker, that this was close. Uh, Sunday's game was close to the most complete game that the New York Liberty have played in what is uh, a very short handful of games, um, but but it was closing out the game. Now, closing out the game wasn't the issue in Chicago, but it did become the issue Sunday in Barclays. And it was a question, you know, I asked Courtney Vandersloot about some of the offensive possessions. They were empty offensive possessions. Sometimes a player cutting and a, a, a guard passing, and then that becomes a turnover. Shot selection became a little bit rushed. And we heard Sandy Brundello talking about how maybe try to be play a little bit of hero ball and be individualistic. So it's going to be interesting to see how the New York Liberty really refine some of the these points uh, moving forward. But before we get too much into that, Brian, I did want to get to uh, MJ, the I'm back <laughs> status. Ravenu. <laughs> exactly. So Marine Johannes back from France and with the New York Liberty. Speaking of patina and New York and France is the perfect mix. And that is our own MJ23, Marine Johannes. Now, it was interesting that Sandy Brandello disclosed on Sunday that Marine Johannes has only had half of a practice. Now, this is by nature of the schedule, which again, we're going to talk about the upcoming schedule. So Marine Johannes coming back, she talked to media, said she's still getting her legs under her. We talked about that in the first week that all teams, all players are doing that. So it's not surprising that Marine Johannes is getting used to the pace of this team, getting used to the rhythm of this team. But overall, what were your thoughts and what are your expectations of for how for how Marine Johannes can help with a little bit of the things that we talked about pace possession, but then also having another person able to facilitate, to help out Vandersloot and UNESCO. Yeah. I thought that for a player who's just came back off Euro basket and competitive championship level play, being able to slide back into rotation with an entirely new cast of characters around her. I think she did. I think she caught herself pretty well this week. And, you know, from Friday and today, I like that she would consistently attack in transition, always trying to get to the basket. And one of the things that Sandy loves to mention is going from paint to great. So if you always have two feet in the paint, something good is bound to happen. And Marine is always someone who's looking to get downhill, looking to attack, looking to sort of find those openings and, and mismatches on the court. So whenever she has the ball, and if you're moving, she'll always find you. And even if there isn't something there for her teammate, she's she's creative and skilled enough to create for herself in, in the half court. So it gives the Liberty a lot of options. And I think also we have, it's, it's still early, but I think having a third guard who can play 20 plus minutes sort of gives you an opportunity to not have to push 
Vanderskloot and Ionescu a lot. Last year, I think Sabrina finished like top five in minutes in the WNBA, and a lot of it came from necessity because didn't, they didn't have another ball handler aside from Sabrina and MJ last season. Now you have Vanderskloot, so you can really go with those three guards, manage their minutes. You don't have to sort of like put too much on one particular player's shoulders. And I think that I think the Liberty, they work best when everything is sort of like spread out. And so instead of one person having to do all the shot creation, one person having to do all the heavy lifting, it's equally spread out, which gives them more energy for the defensive end. And I think sort of keeps the continuity and rhythm going across the board. So everyone is involved and things don't get too stagnant. I think what you said is very apropos, especially because after the Chicago game in Chicago, Sandy Brondello disclosed that the training staff had just given her a heads up that Sabrina Ionescu, not 100%, I believe, I believe, excuse me, as of yet, it is still an undisclosed injury, seems to be lower body. That's We, that, we use those terms in hockey, upper body, lower body, because that's all we ever get. But I did have an observation, Brian. I did notice, I believe it was the left leg of Sabrina Ionescu. She usually is just shorts, no compressing, no, no compression pants or tights but she did have a, a sleeve on what i believe was her left leg so we'll have to keep an eye on that but to your point about minutes and basically um just being able to manage the minutes of the guards i do like what marine johannes brings but i wanted to ask you also about we talked about defensively what chicago did particularly to disrupt sabrina ionescu and there was a word that Sandy Brondello used to describe Kalia Copper, unsurprisingly, uh, she used the word athletic, but comparative to Sabrina Ionescu, who is very uh, much a finesse player, I would argue, especially shooting from the perimeter, what does Marine Johannes offer as that alternative guard when you have athletic and very aggressive guards that are going to be defensively assigned to either Ionescu or Vandersloot? Yeah, I think for Marine, one thing that I noticed a lot last year and in her exit interview she mentioned was that Sandy trusted her to defend elite perimeter players like Sandy really instilled that confidence with her in her that she took to France and has sort of continued to build on across her professional journey like she really is able to sort of keep up with elite perimeter players she's very quick on her feet she has good hands and she's someone that I think is up to taking that challenge so I think that as she gets more comfortable and more settled into rotation I, I wonder if we'll get to see her Play with KT a little bit more so they have a little bit more athleticism and strength as far as like guarding those elite perimeter players on friday night um i'm i'm, I'm definitely i'm going to remind myself this week to ask about lineups and like you know like what combinations work but they close with KT, laney and marine on the wings and it was very beneficial with stewie at center so i wonder if we're going to see that experimentation going forward and if if it's going to be a lineup that sandy sort of turns to and sort of tries to get more sort of like reps together so they continue building out that comfort we saw it even on Sunday against Chicago. Now that the ending of that game was very different and we saw the game flow charts and Chicago just finished and closed that game uh, to perfection. And the New York Liberty again had uh, empty offensive possessions, a very weird foul uh, where they were trying to get a shot. Although Sandy Brundella would not tell us the call she was trying to run, which I loved. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not 
absolutely not. Especially if it wasn't executed, keep it in the pocket. Um, but I, I think you're right. And and that is where the athleticism, and I know that especially when we talk about black athletes, a- athleticism is kind of a catch-all, but I think we can say full stop that there is a different um, engine and a different speed, which then creates a different level of play when you have a Benajelani, a Marine Johannes, and a Kayla Thornton on the court together because of how they are truly elite two-way players and Marine Johannes still growing into that which is fantastic we heard Sandy Brondello say she's staying with us I think it's going to be amazing she obviously is a, a French player that will be very interesting to see especially next year as we get ready for the Olympics but okay Brian as we start to uh close out this episode of gotta get up a podcast for New York Liberty fans, let's talk about the schedule upcoming. We talked about how important rhythm was. We talked about how MJ Marine Johannes really only had one practice. Do you think the Liberty wanting to manage rest, especially maybe with Sabrina Ionescu a little bit nicked um, and banged up, do you think that this will be uh, that mini training camp style or will they really go in and refine specific things and specific scenarios as they have the three games this week? Um, I think having the day off Monday helps a lot because that they'll have a practice on Tuesday where they'll get to sort of like fine tune a bunch of things before game time on Wednesday. So I think having that day, that, that, that day in between, between now and Wednesday is going to be very helpful for that practice time. And I think also now that Marina's back, I feel like we have the, the main eight plus nine with Niara Sabali. So I think that we're, this is going to be the group we go with. And then Jocelyn and Han will, will be staying ready and always on the call just in case. So I think now for the Liberty, it's they're going to be sort of like fine-tuning the rotation, making sure they have the right combinations down pat. And with the schedule starting to, start to I'd say, toughen up a little bit, it'll give them an opportunity to really sort of see what they're doing next. Like one of the things that I noticed, um, Brianna had been playing like 37 minutes throughout the first couple games. They're sort of like, let me look at the box score now. Today it was 33. So now they're using Niara a little bit more. They're using KT at the four more often. And JJ starting to play more minutes as she's getting further away from her foot fracture. And now she, I think in pregame today, she said she's like pretty much 100%. So now JJ is going to be sort of like no restrictions on her. So it's going to be managing that part and sort of like incorporating JJ back at full speed to where she wants to be and where they can utilize her more. So I think for the next couple of days, it's going to be just like fine tuning, making sure that you're not overburdening JJ too much or trying to put everything on Sue's shoulders and be like, hey, save us because we're not doing nothing good. So it's definitely going to be interesting, interesting to see how they sort of manage and put everything together. Yes, for sure. And the schedule, let's just run through that for New York Liberty fans. On Wednesday, June 7th, that's the next home game as the New York Liberty host the Minnesota Lynx, who just this weekend got their first win of the season against the Washington Mystics team. And actually, that is something that Sandy Brondello mentioned to the team post game that any team at any time can beat anyone else. And that's why building up to that complete 40 is imperative 
for this team. She has made it evidently clear that she is not buying into the super team. They haven't done anything yet and believes that Minnesota could be a good test for this uh, New York Liberty squad. And it doesn't necessarily get any easier because if I recall correctly, Brian, the Chicago Sky before the home-and-home home series with the New York Liberty had just lost to the Atlanta Dream, and the Atlanta Dream will host the New York Liberty on Friday. We know that they have a, a different-looking roster, but also, I mean, Ryan Howard is playing the the reigning, or I should say last year's Rookie of the Year, is, is having another good season. They're 2-3 and three Atlanta, but not to be trifled with. And then this is the game that we're excited for, and we might have a little bit of bonus content, but the New York Liberty hosting the Dallas Wings, which means we get to see the Sobbly sisters go head-to-head. And like you said, Niara is gaining a a little bit more time. I think also she's using her minutes very purposefully. She comes in and immediately wants to make an impact. She's not afraid to take her shot, to create for herself, and then also to be disruptive defensively. So overall, our theme, our word of the day is rhythm. When you think about these three teams, Minnesota, Atlanta, And Dallas, what are some of the things that you think are going to be a a challenge for New York that they'll have to clean up going against these three opponents? I'm excited for the Friday night game. Like, I think road games are always a good test. Like, whenever you're sort of out of town going into into a hostile environment, it's going to be always, it's going to be interesting. And to our point earlier about sort of like, starting elite perimeter players, the Liberty, they did a great job defending Ryan Howard last season. Um, those last two games of the season where they clinched their playoff spots, they they kept they kept Ryan down. They kept her out of the paint, most importantly. Like they weren't they, they, they didn't allow Ryan to get to the basket and finish over Dolson to anybody else. So they really kept her on the perimeter and forced her into a lot of tough shots. That was around the time Benajah had just got back from the injury and she was gradually regaining her rhythm as well from 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 the from the knee surgery earlier in the year. So I'm excited to see what B, KT, and Marine have as far as defending her and trying to sort of contest her and keep her out of the paint. And for Sunday, I'm I'm really interested about that because it's going to be a homecoming of sorts for Natasha Howard and Crystal Dangerfield. Natasha was huge for the Liberty franchise. Jonathan Oh, in one of the press conferences, he said that Natasha gave the franchise credibility after their years of struggle when she decided to come to New York at 21. So I think that for for this Liberty program, just having a player like Natasha over the past two years really sort of like helped get them in the right direction. And last season, she hit the shot that clinched the playoff berth over Atlanta. Oh, and, and and she had an injured ankle that game too. So she was able to really sort of have that she was able to have that toughness and that heart that really endeared her to her teammates and Liberty fans. So I'm really excited to see her return on Sunday. Crystal Dangerfield, I believe she's battling a nagging injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so I was going to see that. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like and and it seemed like uh so earlier on Sunday the um uh, it, she was playing against Connecticut and maybe disrupted something. There were there were some reports that she did not return to the game. So I guess to be determined, we'll learn throughout the week if Crystal, Crystal Dangerfield, excuse me, um, is out for the long term and or if she'll be able to make that. As uh, we have said here, revenge game <laughs> against the New York Liberty. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. so I'm excited to see what, what happens on Sunday. I think it's going to yeah. be good. And, um, for Wednesday, oh, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, and for Wednesday, I'm excited to see the bounce back from this team. I think whenever you have a loss, there's always a couple minutes. Wonder, okay, we sort of get back on the good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's all about the bounce back. Um, you know. It was interesting for to hear Sandy Brondello say that she hates having a lead early because then you have to maintain that. And, you know, I kind of pushed back on that. And I said, well, hey, early leads happen sometimes for all kinds of reasons. And so maybe you don't like having the early lead, but I don't think anyone is going to, you know, begrudge having a 19-point lead unless you're a team that hasn't learned how to protect that lead. So I don't think, you know, I think you hear a lot of athletes and coaches say there's a difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. And I think that's what Sandy Brondello was getting at. But either way, you can't hedge your bets on always having a lead and you can't hedge your bets on always having the ability to to make impactful game winning plays at the end because you have to play to your opponent and what your opponent is able to do and thus take away from you so I really think the bounce back and the discipline that the New York Liberty uh, build from this week on is going to be telling on how close they are to being maybe not as Sandy Brandella doesn't want us to say a super team but to be the elite level team that this roster thinks that they can grow to be mm -hmm. yeah and i think especially it's something where you want to have i guess beyond like the buy-in i think just a lot of just that persistent edge throughout the game because like you know they like this team is able to come back from deficits we've seen them do it on multiple occasions and we've seen them tough out close games and i think what'll happen for the group is can you when you're ahead can you put your foot on the gas and keep it there we saw them do it against indiana in the home opener we saw them do it in the second half against connecticut so the potential is is there now it's just a matter of can you when you're ahead can you stay on top and can you just drive it down even further? Like I, I always like to think of it as good teams win and great teams win by a lot. And when, when you're trying to be a great team, can you take what's a seven point lead, push it to 15, 15, can you push mm -hmm. it to 20 and beyond? And can you keep it there? So I think that's going to be something we sort of like monitor for this group too. Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. I love that analysis because if we're being honest, being able to close out games sometimes is a luxury that you have to learn in the postseason. But in order to be able to have that confidence, you have to do exactly, Brian, what you just said. I always love talking New York Liberty hoops, WNBA hoops with you, Brian. I learn so much. I think, uh, you know, Sir Paul brought us some, some good vibes. I can't wait for the next celebrity for the next home game uh, but Brian um, we're gonna let you go so you can get some rest we've got a big week coming up for the New York Liberty but before we let you go anything that we should be looking out for that you have coming uh, down the pike for the local W or anywhere else uh, for New York Liberty fans 
Um, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna head home. Do some post. Do, do the post game reaction. Um, one thing I'm excited to put in my post game story was today was National Gun Violence Awareness Day, and Jocelyn Willoughby did a PSA with the team for the W wears orange. I'm gonna include that in my post game reaction story. So I definitely want to keep up with that. Um, this week practice note. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can land an interview with Sandy and one of the players, have that coming out for folks. Um, a full slate of coverage coming up. We got a lot of exciting matchups, so it's going to be a lot of good things on the board. And I'm always going to be around. Like, if I see something interesting, I'll sort of, like, share what I'm thinking about it and go from there. Awesome. And, of course, you can listen to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans. And we will have our five storylines in five minutes also over on Black Rosie Media. But for Brian, I am Erica, and this has been another episode of Gotta Get Up. We have another three-game week ahead, so catch us next week. Episodes will be available wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube on Mondays, and then both over on the local W and Black Rosie Media. We have a nice story recap for you summarizing the episode. All right, Brian, thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.